This week on The Breakup Breakdown. I was just kind of doing what I thought normal college girls did. Being queer was not on my mind. I was dealing with all these conflicting feelings. And so I end up talking to this girl. I end up kissing her. I was like, I'm not gay. What? No. What if there was a part of yourself that you decided to break up with? On this episode of The Breakup Breakdown, we're talking to somebody who discovered a part of their sexuality later in life. And they broke up with the idea that they couldn't switch up who and how they dated. Hey, what's up? It's Abby from The Breakup Breakdown. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Hey, have you been following somebody on social media that you've always been curious about their breakup and you've always wanted to ask about it, but like obviously you weren't gonna do it? Well, you can actually submit those stories in the episode description. I have a submission form there. Also, if you have a breakup story that you wanna submit, you can also submit yours. I love any and all stories we can get. Also, if you like this podcast, I always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review. And if you like following your podcast on social media, you can find me on Instagram at Breakup Breakdown podcast. And don't forget if there's a part of the interview you want to jump to, you can always check timestamps in the episode description. Hey, heartbreakers. Welcome back to another episode of the Breakup Breakdown. And thank you so much for being patient and waiting for this episode. I'm still currently in the middle of moving to another city and starting a new job next week. So I'm having to figure a lot of things out. So I appreciate y'all just hanging in there with me. I'm excited about this episode because I kind of consider this like the first Breakup Breakdown submission before the podcast was even like a thought in my head. But before we we even get into everything. I want to tell you what domestic violence shelter we're supporting this week. Since this is my last week in my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida, I thought we would support the Hubbard House this week. It's an organization that I know the people that run it and just really believe in what they're doing. So if you want to support and donate to the cause, or if you live in Jacksonville, hey, 904, I'm going to link all the resources in there so you know how to support them. Lexi's here with me, by the way. I forgot. Hello. Noel's doing an intro over Zoom thing is very new for me. I'm back. I'm checking in. Okay, so we'll get into the submission. So let me paint a picture because this is somebody that I know personally. So this is, I guess it's a submission from me, but it's a submission from one of my friends about somebody that we both know. I got this submission from one of my close friends from college about one of our mutual friends who we are both very close with, but specifically in college. We'll call this girl Jane. So when I met Jane, she was your stereotypical squeaky clean Christian type. Like I think I met her at a Bible study for Greek life. She'd been dating this guy and was like very adamant about having a relationship that reflects Christian principles, i.e. like they weren't sleeping together. So like that kind of person. So that's like the archetype I'm trying to paint for y'all here. Right. And so I'm super close to this girl all throughout college. And we're, we're like boy crazy. We go on like fraternity road trips together. And she ends up dating another guy, has a super devastating breakup. You know, years pass. She graduates. We both graduate. She's living in a different city. And then one day she posts something on her Instagram story. It says like happy pride month or something. And I don't really think that much of it because it's like, I don't know. I feel like if there's like a pride parade in your city, a lot of people were going and posting about it. Our mutual friend actually sent me the screenshot of it. She's like, wait a second, did Jane come out? And I was like, wait a second. That's what I mean by this was like our first breakup breakdown submission because then I DM'd her and we we were close, but like, you know, you graduate. There was like distance between us. So I felt where I DM'd her. I was like, hey, are you gay? <laughs> yeah, like literally. But I like genuinely thought I was like, did I miss something? Like I we've known each other for at that point, it'd been like six or seven years. And so I was like, wait a second, like I missed several chapters. And she was like, yeah, actually you met my girlfriend last time you visited me, but like I wasn't ready to come out. So I just introduced her as my friend. I was like, oh my gosh, she does look familiar. Mm -hmm. This like totally went over my head. So anyway, like this is just something we've never talked about 
But she actually responded. And Lexi, you might remember this because you were on this episode. I think we were talking about the pettiest things that you've done during a breakup. And she responded yeah. to it because she had responded. She or her ex-girlfriend had thrown out their Accutane. Oh, I do yeah, that. I remember this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we were like, oh, my gosh, like that can like really mess you up. Well, yeah, because I said I said my ex is on Accutane and I never thought of doing anything crazy like that. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, now she's got like a messy breakup that I guess I can ask about and also have a full on conversation about was she afraid to come out to me in college? This is something she didn't know until post-grad. So I just, it's just always something I wanted to ask about. Yeah. But you know me, when I first met you, I felt weird about being like, are you gay? Yeah. So (laughs) you definitely said when we were talking about dating, you used a lot of bays and like, tell me about this person and all of those things. I know. I was just trying to be respectful. I was kind of picking up on a vibe. You love the WNBA. I was like, like, I don't want to be stereotypical and be like, ah, she's definitely a lesbian. Well, yeah, it's definitely tough. And it's very tough when it comes to, like you said, you and your friend talked about, like she posted pride stuff. I mean, we are definitely in a time where, I mean, in a great way, like there's a ton of allies out there and people don't question it when you post rainbows and that you're at a pride parade. And like, I don't know about Jacksonville, but being from Buffalo, like the pride parade is one of like the funnest things of the year, whether you're gay or not here, everybody goes to it. Yeah, she lives in a city where it's like people are doing stuff like that all the time. So I didn't think much of it. And so it's Mm -hmm. funny that it took my friend pointing it out because the collage that she did post was just her and her girlfriend. I think this is her coming out. And then they eventually, I guess, went through a messy breakup because somebody threw out their Accutane. And now I kind of want to know what happened. Let's hash out this conversation. This is a combo with me and one of my really close friends. And we're going to break down her breaking up with heterosexuality, I guess, and her other breakup. That's the way to put it. I love it. So it actually took me a long time to discover this part of myself. You and I, we met when I was in my peak Bible thumper celibacy, good Christian girl phase of life, which as you know, I quickly left, started going out more, hooking up with guys more as Kess. Being in any capacity queer was not on my mind. I was just kind of out doing what I thought, you know, normal college girls did, what I thought I was supposed to do. And I just kept on with that. I really didn't have any realization until senior year of college. My boyfriend at the time, who was a sweet bean of a human, he and I would go into his fraternities events and I would hang out with him, obviously, and then his friends and his friend's girlfriends. There was one night where we're all like at, I don't even remember what event it was, but they were talking about how, oh, it's okay for girls to kiss girls, but not guys to kiss guys. I was like, what? No, you, girls don't just kiss girls. His friend's girlfriend was like, oh, come here and literally just like laid one on me. I was like, okay, that happened. For me, I was like, oh wait, that wasn't weird at all. Like that was actually kind of fun. And so then I would go out with my friends after that. I would go out with them and we'd get drunk. I'd be like, I just love you so much. And then mwah, we would kiss each other. He and I broke up. I did not kiss anyone for a long time. You re-entered your celibacy phase, if you will. Yes. You know, I had graduated college. I moved cities. I fell into a relationship fairly quickly in the new city. We stayed together for a while. And then I went back into another celibacy period. During my first year of like my actual career, me and my friends, we went out one night. This is where like the true realization happens. We were at a bar that was like two blocks from my apartment. When we got to the bar, we were already drunk. And so it was me and my two friends. One of them was like, oh, I'm going to take this person home. And I was like, okay, go for it. Like, leave me here. Come back and get me. We're two blocks from my apartment. And so I end up talking to this girl sitting next to me, happens to be in the same career I am, blah, 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 blah. I end up kissing her at the bar. And I was like, Cinderella, it was like midnight. And I was like, oh man, I gotta go. And I disappeared. I don't even remember telling this girl my name. And a few days later, she found me on Instagram and she asked me on a date. And I 
was like, I'm not gay. I was like, I'm not gay. What? No. And I had a full like meltdown breakdown. I called my college roommate and was crying to her because I was dealing with all these conflicting feelings. I didn't know what to do. And my college roommate was like, well, you could be. And I was like, I am not. And I immediately started dating someone else. Another like I or another girl. I went out with the first guy I matched with on Hinge. I was like, come on, let's go on a date. Your college roommate also kind of had a delayed coming out too. So did she talk through any of that with you? She did. She tried a lot. But I guess the best way to put it is like this heteronormative mindset where it's like, this is what I've always done. I've only ever dated men. I'm going to keep only dating men. And so then, like I said, first guy on Hinge, I'll go out with him. Sounds great. And he was a very sweet guy, but then he was in law school. So things kind of fizzled out and then quarantine. Then, you know, quarantine hits. I'm not talking to anyone. I downloaded, this is so cliche, TikTok. And, you know, as you're scrolling through, it's tailoring your algorithm more and more and more. And I was talking to another one of my friends and I was like, it's so weird. My TikTok keeps giving me all these things about being bisexual, about being a lesbian. It's just so weird. And she was like, you realize it tailors it to you, right? She's like, the call literally coming from inside the house. It's coming from the For You page. Exactly. And so I was like, ah! And so I'd been living at that point with my parents. I'd like inadvertently moved home for quarantine. And that realization kind of struck while I was at my parents. And I was like, well, A, I can't do anything to explore this. B, I'm not going to voice this to my parents. So I just kind of suppressed it, ignored it, and eventually went back to my own apartment. And I was just talking to my college roommate one night. And I said, well, what if this is real? Like, what if if I do like girls and, you know, I'm just not giving it a chance. I've never been brokenhearted or extremely connected to any of the boyfriends I had. What if this is like the reason why? Almost every breakup with the exception of one, we would break up and I would cry for like the next day and then be like, okay, we're done. And I just thought it was healthy coping. And so then that night, she's like, what you could do, she's like, just switch your hinge to girls. Scroll through, swipe through, see how you feel. That's what I did. Found one girl that I was like, okay, I'll go on a date with her. We went on a date. We kissed. And I was like, well, yeah, that solidifies. That was like my first like sober experience. And I was like, well, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Talk to me about that first date. Now this is your first date with a woman. Did you feel insecure about that at all? I felt so extremely insecure about it. I was 24. I was like, I'd never been on a date with a girl. She's going to think I'm so weird, blah, 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 blah. And like, I told her all of this. I was just like, I have to be upfront and honest with all of this and tell her I've never been on a date with a girl. And I told her and she's like, okay, and? And I was like, that's it. And she's like, okay, so it's your first date with a girl. Everyone has a first date. She's like, everyone has their first date with a boy, with a girl, with anyone. She's like, you're going to have a first date and it's going to be scary. And she made it very relaxed. Obviously, things between her and I did not end up working out, but she was like a perfect first girl date. So when you first moved up here, me and our mutual friend came to visit you and we met your now ex-girlfriend out and about, just like in the context of like being friends. We were like, wait a second, she didn't tell us they were dating. So were you guys friends at that point or were you guys dating? So we had literally just been like on our first date, maybe a week before that. So her and I were kind of in a place where it was like, we had been talking for 
a long time, but we had just gone on our first date and we so sappy. We had already said I love you to each other. I was in a hesitant place where it's like, it's this weird gut feeling. I'm not ready to come out to the world with it. I didn't even tell my parents about it. I hadn't told my brother anyone about it. The only people who knew about it were my college roommate and my best friend from high school. And they were the only two. So for me, when you guys came up, I was like, we were like sort of kind of girlfriends, but also we were still like testing the waters up the relationship, if that makes sense. Did you do a lot of secret dates or would you guys go out and you would just like pretend you're friends? So it depends on who the secret's being kept from. If it was from my family, it was secret date. My mother still brings this up that I lied to her for so long about it. I would tell her I was going out to hang out with this friend, with that friend. I would name any friend in the book, but I would not say my ex-girlfriend's name for fear that my mom would go stalk her Instagram, go find her on Facebook and figure it all out. How did your parents like take it? Because I know your family's pretty Catholic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I came out to my mom before I ever met my ex-girlfriend. I had come out to her just on a, okay, I, I can't keep the secret in anymore. And I just kind of blabbed it one day and it went pretty poorly. She had been up visiting me. I told her she slept on the couch that night and was like, I can't even look at you. Like, I don't know what to think. And then she got up the next morning and left at 7 a.m. Really without saying a word. And then when I called and told her, please let me tell dad, she was like, well, it's too late. I already told him. Okay, well, then this is me asking you to not tell my brother and my sister-in-law. I understand you telling dad, but this is my story. This is my life, not your thing to share. And from that point on, she told no one. But it was really, really hard. After I first came out to my mom, we probably didn't talk like we normally would have for like two months at least. She thought it was a phase. She thought it was me trying to get attention. From what? I don't know. She thought it was me trying to be a rebel. It was me trying to do something to be different. She has this theory where it's once I decide something, I go all in and don't change my mind. So she's like, well, you just kissed one girl once and decided that you're gay. And I was like, no, that's not how it happened but okay. And her and I actually ended up having to go and sound so stupid to say out loud. We had to go to couples counseling. My mom and I had to sit in a room with a therapist for two hours and duke it out over all of this. And things have gotten better, much better. My mom's more accepting of it. She definitely still holds out hope that it's just a phase, but she is more accepting of it. My dad never cared. He was just like, are you happy? And I was like, yeah, I'm really happy. Like I feel very free for the first time in my life. This is the first relationship where I'm not in and finding a reason to get out of it. And I feel happy. And he's like, okay, that's all I care about. The funniest coming out was when I came out to my older brother, who is super Catholic, got married in the Catholic church, him and his wife, their high school sweetheart. And I was like, gonna be the worst coming out to him. So I called him and I guess he was on his way home from work. And I was like, I have to tell you something. And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, what are you telling me? And I was like, I have a girlfriend. And he's like, okay. And I was like, that's it. And he goes, I thought you were calling to tell me you were pregnant. I was like, so you would be more concerned if I was pregnant? And he's like, yes. He's like, if you're just calling to tell me that you're gay, great. Are you happy? Yes. Then I don't care. Like, do what makes you happy. I'm not going to stop you. And I was like, wow, that was the one I thought was going to be the worst. Why do you think your mom had such a problem with it? I think my mom, I love her to death. My mom is my best friend in the world. I think that she had a life plan down to a T. Abby, like, you know, I switched career path almost just on a dime. I think that threw a wrench in that. So she was like, oh, I can't take much more of this. She'd always planned on me finding a boy, marrying a boy, having a big family. When I told her that I may not necessarily want to marry a guy, that I much would rather date a woman, it threw a wrench 
wrench in her whole life plan for me. And I think some of it stemmed from fear because she had mentioned things here and there just about how she knows that people who are gay are judged harder in life in general. They face a lot more trials and tribulations. You know, they get heckled, they get harassed. It also stems from she doesn't want me to have a difficult life and being gay is going to put some sort of burden on me. Have you experienced that since coming out? So not really. The way that I look, most people don't assume I'm gay. As horrible as this sounds, that helps. People don't automatically assume that about me. People don't make that snap judgment. So when I say it, they're more just like taken aback. They're like, oh, okay. And they move on. My ex and I, we did get heckled twice. It's been fine. And I feel like your city is pretty accepting. It's not like you live in middle of nowhere nobody else yeah yeah pushes the boundaries so let's talk about the actual relationship that we're here to break down if you will you guys started dating a week before i met her in the context of her just being your friend and you dated for a year were things pretty good for that year it's finally not a miserable temperature outside which only means one thing summer is coming up and let's make one thing clear there is hibernation abbey and there is summer abbey and summer abbey likes to feel light and healthy that's why i've been trying out meals from factor they've got meals shipped to your house that are super easy to heat up in a jiffy. And you're probably like, ew, refrigerated meal. That must be so unhealthy and gross. No, I can confirm these are delicious and they have so many different options like calorie smart, keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. You can also add on more than 60 add-ons every single week, like breakfast, on the go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. You get chef prepared meals on the table in two minutes with factors ready to eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring and you don't have to clean anything up. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. If you're like me and the second you get home from work, you are ravenous. You are going to love these new meals I've been trying out from Factor. Factor has delicious ready to eat meals that you can make in two minutes with pre-prepared chef crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. It's so convenient. I have like grocery store ADHD. Anytime I go to like Publix or something, I'm buying everything. And then I come home with no meals. Whereas Factor, it's all the meal prep done for you. You've got 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your week meal planning even more delicious. If you want to get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go, head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including calorie-smart, Protein Plus and 
keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up and there's so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. So yeah, we started talking, but we had just been kind of like FaceTiming, blah, 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 until I actually moved to the city. I want to say for the first eight months of the relationship, things were really good. We never fought. We were always out doing things, having fun, hanging out with her friends. That's important, hanging out with her friends. We were just always out doing stuff and having a good time. And then somewhere around like the beginning of summer, things made some kind of shift. When you say shift, was it a change in her behavior, a change in her communication style? It was more a change in her behavior. It went from like her and I would swapping nights on, nights off, like where we would be. For the most part, we would stay at my apartment when we were having sleepovers because I don't have roommates. I was like, it's easier for you to come here. We have more privacy space where we can just do whatever we want. That always drove her crazy. I like my space. But I made the compromise of I'll start coming over more to her house where she had two roommates and their boyfriends and two other dogs. So it was always madness there. We were getting in like little spats over that. But the big shift was that she would only come over here maybe once or twice a week. It went from being together like five nights a week to being here once or twice a week. And then me going over there maybe once a week. The communication changed that she would no longer tell me when she was upset about something. We would even see each other and she would come over here and be in a bad mood. And I'm like, well, why are you in a bad mood? And she wouldn't tell me why. I can't fix things. I can't apologize. I can't do something if you're not going to tell me what's wrong. And it was never one of those well, like, you should know what's wrong situations. It was like she had a bad day at work. She didn't like the meal that I made or something. She didn't feel like coming over and she felt like she had to. And I'm like, you have to communicate this kind of stuff. So those were like the big monumental shifts in the relationship. So all of that starts to shift. And then when do things start to get really bad? Because I remember at one point you responded to one of my Q&As on the breakup breakdown Instagram. You said she like, throughout your Accutane. So did things get really messy? Oh, no, I, I threw out the Accutane. You threw out the Accutane? This whole time I thought you were the victim. So there was never actually a fight. That's the funny thing. Things were, were just weird. We were trying to work through it. And then school starts for me again. I was calling her for something. I was like, well, why don't you come over? Like, we can just like talk about whatever's wrong. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And I was like, okay. And we stayed on the phone for like an hour. And I'm like, I can't fix things. I can't help if things aren't being communicated. And she's like, I just can't be the girlfriend that you want me to be. And I was like, so do, do you want to break up? So she's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, well, why don't you go find someone to talk to this about? Go call your mom. Go call your aunt. Go talk to your roommates because you're keeping this all in your own head. Go talk to someone and call me back in an hour because I was like very much willing to like put forth effort to fix things, whatever. And so she hangs up. She calls me back an hour later and she tells me she wants to break up. And I'm like, OK, OK, like that's fine. I cried about it. I told her, I was like, it's fine. You have every right to want to break up with me, but I have every right to feel angry about this and ask questions. And she's like, okay, well, what are your questions? And I think this pissed her off, but I was like, okay, so what did I do wrong here that has contributed to these feelings? And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, you want to break up. I'm going to grieve the relationship and eventually hopefully get another. And I don't want to make the same mistakes that made you so upset to my next partner. 
whoever that may be. And she was like, well, and then before you know it, 20 minutes later, she doesn't want to break up. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. We're going to give this a shot. And so then, okay, this contributes to why I was so upset at the breakup. That was on Monday. The following Wednesday, I got a phone call from one of my managers at one of my jobs that the other manager had just tragically passed away in a car accident. Obviously, I was grieving. I grieved it for days and days and days. The day it happened, she never came over. She just said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, like, I guess I'm okay. I'm just kind of trying to process everything. I was like, but I don't really want to be alone. I don't know. She never came over. The night my friend passed away, I was in my apartment alone with my dog. No shade to my dog. She's a great emotional support animal, but kind of want the company of your person. She came over the next day and kind of like helped talk me through all of it. Let me cry for hours on end about it. Her and I just kind of had like a weird week the next week. Friday night, she was like, do you want to go out with me and my friends? And I was like, no, like, I really don't think I have it in me. I have to get up and go to work early in the morning and I have to be there at 8 a.m. And the job, I can't just kind of sit around and do nothing. Like I have to be up and active. I go work this job where my boss had passed away 10 days before. She texts me. She's like, hey, are you are you home from work yet? And I was like, yeah, why? What's up? And she starts calling me and I answered the phone. She's like, hey, and I was like, so you want to break up? Is that why you're calling me? She just starts sobbing, saying yes. And she wanted to talk about it again. Like we already had the week before. Um, And I was just kind of like, I know your reasons. I don't really need to hear them again at all. What were uh, reasons? Like what, how did she convince herself not to break up that first time around? Like what was she telling you on the phone that first time? So that first time around, she was telling me that we're too fundamentally different. And I was like, how can you give an example? And she basically was telling me, you know, the way that you spend money and the things that you value aren't the things that I would spend money on and the things that I value. Okay, that's fair. And she's like, and you know, you put so much emphasis on your family and I don't put the same emphasis on mine and you care too much about what your family thinks and just all this stuff. And she said we were too fundamentally different. And I was like, okay, like that's fair, totally valid. But then why'd you backtrack on? Was she was just saying we were too different and things yeah. fell off. And I was like, I was like, okay. Obviously, I was not this chill about it. I was crying. I was yelling at her, but things have healed. Emotions aren't as raw because this happened over six months ago now. You mentioned when you went through your breakups with your other boyfriends, you felt like you coped really easily. And maybe that was from you just not really caring as much. How did this breakup go for you emotionally? Was it the kind of hard that you would expect? It was and it wasn't. I was sad about the relationship ending. I was. But definitely the predominant feeling I had was anger. When we broke up, I told her, you can keep my stuff. I don't want it. She's like, and you can keep my stuff too. I don't want it. And so I was like, great. And so anything she touched in this apartment, trash shoot, including Accutane. So my predominant feeling at the start of the breakup was definitely anger. So for like the first like week or two, it's almost like I'd been so busy feeling sad about my boss passing away that I had no more sadness. Why were you angry? Like when you say angry, what were you angry about? I was angry that A, she did it shortly after someone very close to me passed away and just kind of pretended like it was no big deal that I shouldn't have been as upset as I was. And then I was also angry just because I wish she had had the guts to stick to it the first time. The first day or two, I was really upset. I was sad. I made a conscious decision that day to be like, this is going to be for the better. This is what's for the best. Then the anger kind of set in when I was like, that was really shitty of her to do it not once, but twice within 10 days. One of those times being right after my boss and friend passed away. Who does that kind of thing? So that was like anger was like that predominant emotion the first two weeks. So then it started to kind of like develop into sadness, especially like as we got closer to like the season of both of our birthdays and all the fun things that we had done together like at that time a year ago. 
I know that's really hard to go from having someone that you do literally everything with. Like you said, you were together five nights a week and then all of a sudden it's 7 p.m. and you're coming home from a hard test and you're like, I got to cook myself something. I have to live. I have to take care of my dog. And then I have to go to bed by myself. I want to say like those sad feelings. I am so lucky up where I'm at that I ended up making some of the best friends that I've had. This group came together from that breakup to support me because they knew I was going through such a hard time that they were like, we're all going to come together and we're going to hang out. She doesn't want to be alone. So we're going to support her. So it's almost like my friends didn't let me be sad for too long because they just kept me distracted. Like the day that it happened, I called my best friend and she's like, okay, so what movie do you want to go see? And I was like, movie? And she's like, yeah, she's like, I know you. And if I let you sit in your apartment alone tonight, you're just going to cry yourself to sleep and watch things to make yourself cry. So we're going to go get Mexican food. We're going to get margaritas. We're going to see a movie. What do you want to see? That's so sweet. You've got some good friends. It's funny that you bring that up because I just listened to the Kelsey Ballerini Call Her Daddy episode and Kelsey said the same thing. So just consider it your Kelsey Ballerini friendship era. And I will tell them that and they will love it. Are you afraid to get into another relationship now? I'm more hesitant, if that makes sense. I don't want to make the same mistakes and sacrifices that I had to make in my last relationship. Relationships to an extent do require sacrifice, but hindsight is 2020. And I realized that in my last relationship, I sacrificed almost all my friendships that I now hold so near and dear to my heart because I was putting my ex's needs ahead of my own. She didn't like my friends. Okay, we don't have to hang out with my friends. I'll hang out with your friend. I mean, I didn't go out and do stuff because when she would be like in her, I want to save money eras, we wouldn't go out and do things. And I mean, you know me, I like to go out, have dinner, do things, dance at bars, go to bars and have cute little girly dresses. And we wouldn't do any of that for the most part. We would just kind of sit around and play Mario Kart, especially toward the end. Because of that, I'm almost like hyper aware of that kind of stuff, like going forward and dating now. To an extent, I'm afraid of getting hurt because that breakup, although it was a lot of anger at first, there was a lot of sadness that I dealt with on my own and processed on my own and in therapy. How are you going to set boundaries in your next relationships to make sure that you don't sacrifice these now really good girlfriends that you have? Well, part of it is finding someone who does enjoy my friends who can sit and like vibe with my friends like if I have a big game night at my apartment which I love to do that they can just kind of mold right in there and not sit back and feel awkward someone who can mold in with my friends someone who pokes fun for the right things but doesn't poke fun at the wrong things the boundaries I would set is just like these are my friends and I'm not going to give them up for anything they have helped me through some of the hardest times in my life through the hardest two years so far of my life and I'm not going to give them up for anything, whether you like that or not. Oh, and someone who likes my dog. They have to love my dog. So for people listening who are entering their first queer relationship, maybe they haven't come out yet. Maybe they have. What would be your first piece of advice for someone starting to be more public with their sexuality? For me, the best thing I did was just the hard launch. What I thought was a hard launch was, you know, I posted like a collage of pictures of us and I put happy pride, which to this day is still my most viewed Instagram story. Yeah, that's my most viewed Instagram story to this day by like literally almost all of my followers. Do it when you're ready. Don't let anyone, your partner included, pressure you into coming out and when you're not ready. That's a big one because it's a very deeply personal experience. Coming out is so emotionally taxing because you worry about the judgments and perceptions of everyone else. You worry about who you're going to lose, who's going to judge you, who's going to view you in a different light. So take your time to process that as you need. It's a lot. 
and there's no right or wrong time to come out. Well, there might be wrong times, but there's no guaranteed right time to do it. You have to go with your gut. You're going to get this gut feeling where you're like, okay, it's time and I can do it. And then for the actual, you want to publicly come out. Like I said, the hard launch, June 1st is a great day to do it. That's when all the cute pride stickers will come out on Instagram stories, everything. That was the best time for me to do it. Was your ex pressuring you to come out? No, not really. Just because I wasn't fully hiding the relationship. It was more like breadcrumbing clues. Like if you go back, well, I deleted them all now. If you had gone back in my Instagram story and my highlights, I would be out doing something and I would tag her. But you know, everyone just assumes because of who I am or who they knew and how I look. They're like, up, oh, it's just her gal pal. She never did. And I think that's just because like I didn't make her hide it like on her socials. Like I'm like, you can post whatever you want. I really don't care but you have to let me be, be in control of my socials and who I come out to. And she was supportive of that. And then my final yeah. question is, just for anybody entering in a new relationship where maybe they feel like they're compromising the lifestyle that they want to have, whether it's friends or spending, what's a little tidbit of advice you'd let them know? So there is a healthy way to deal with the sacrifices on like spending and friendship. And it's going to sound so cliche, but it's learning to compromise. I was guilty of falling into whatever my partner was. I'm so non-confrontational that I would be like, okay, yeah, whatever you want, that's fine. I really don't care when I did care. So if your partner is asking you to sacrifice or compromise on something that's important to you, stand ground reasonably and be willing to compromise. And if they're saying like, I want to hang out with my friends more, but you still want to hang out with your friends, figure out some kind of middle ground that you can reach. Um, if your partner's saying, you know, we're going out to dinner too much, make it a once every other week date night, make it a compromise. I feel like compromise is just like the best thing. Know what you want and stick to your guns with it, but be willing to fudge a little bit to make sure both you and your partner are happy. And for the record, my ex was not all bad. We did have a lot of good memories, but the end sadly sometimes overshadows the beginning good part. So are you dating men or women or both now? Right now, I'm not dating anyone in particular, but after the breakup happened, I hopped back on Hinge. I said, screw it. I'm going to start dating boys again. And so, you know, I matched with a few, chatted with a few. I got one's number and and I committed to going on a date with a man. It came to the day of the date and he's like, so are we meeting for drinks at seven? And as soon as like the thought of I actually have to go on a date with this man entered into my mind, I was like, absolutely not. We're done. Never mind. And went right back to having my hinge to women. So are you against or not against dating men, but like, does it freak you out because you were just with a woman for a year? I don't think it freaks me out. I think I've kind of realized that women are what I am primarily attracted to. Whenever people will ask me, what's your label? I'm going to say queer. I don't like defining one way or the other. Labels work for some people. They don't work for me because I'm not totally closed off to dating a man. 98% closed off, but there's still that 2% chance. Like, you know, if Pedro Pascal walked through my door right now, I'd be like, take me out right now. The bar is just higher for men is what I'm getting. Exactly. And I've been watching The Last of Us. So that's where the bar is right now. The door is not completely closed to men, but it's a jar. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. So I'm mostly dating women right now. Other than like the obvious attraction to women, what do you like about dating women more than you like about dating men? Emotional intelligence. 
I will give it that. They Women are so much more in tune with their own emotions. My ex, for all of her communication fault, 99% of the time, her and I could talk about our emotions and what we were feeling in a moment so freely. Like, listen, I am so anxious. I'm so stressed out. I love you. I don't want to be around people. And she'd be like, you know what? That's fair. How about instead of tomorrow, I'll come over or instead of tonight, I'll come over tomorrow and we'll do this, this and this to make you feel better. And I'm like, wow, okay, perfect. Those were kind of things that would happen. It's kind of crazy, the difference. It's also for me, and I'm sure this comes with like the attraction thing, it's like the level of comfort. When I was dating men, I felt like I had to be like on. I felt like I had to be on 100% of the time. You know, hair had to look halfway decent, make, like my face needed to look a little bit decent. And that was just how I felt. Whenever I dated women, I cannot tell you how many times my ex used to walk through that door and I'd look like an absolute trash goblin. And she'd be like, you look so beautiful today. And I'm like, I know I do. Thank you. It was just like a different sort of comfort, emotionally, physically, just all around. A different kind of comfort and communication that I had never experienced with a man before. Is there anything you miss about dating men when you're with women? Someone to kill the bugs. Girl, we'll just get you an exterminator, okay? (laughs) Hey, tune into this week's bonus episode to hear me and Lexi react to this interview. Lexi actually messaged me after hearing it, was like, oh my gosh, I relate to this so much. So if there was a part of this interview's coming out journey that resonated with you, hit me up in the DMs. I'd love to hear about it. And as always, I always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review and follow us on Instagram at Breakup Breakdown Podcast. I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.